Welcome to ICP with We. In the name of Stinky Buds, Botched Circumcisions, and New Kids on the Block, this is our ongoing examination of the Insane Clown Posse. I'm Eric. And I'm Aaron. And today we're reviewing Pug Ugly and the 2022 Gathering exclusive singles, Hanging Nuts and Hunt for Big Smoke. Pug Ugly, Pug Ugly. Hanging Nuts, Nuts, Nuts. Hunt for Big Smoke. Hanging Nuts. I take my little machine. I take your little thing, see? I put it into this little hole here and nip the tip. What is up, everybody? Welcome to ICP with we. This is Aaron coming at you, penetrating your ear holes is my vocal cords. That's what I'm doing right now. And I'm I'm joined with a very special person. And that is my my good friend. Pug ugly. Hey, what the fuck is up? What bitch? I'm ugly. I'm also, I'm also here with Eric. Eric, hello. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I like that you said you were joined with Pug ugly, as if the two of you are fused physically in some way. Uh, well, I mean, I call, I call my butt my stink bud. So. Oh, that's true. That's true. You know, I do, I do have a pug ugly uh, that I'm sitting on right now. Oh. I you know a pug ugly sounds like a uh, a nickname for a penis. Maybe like because uh, you know how pugs like their noses are all scrunched up and like their faces are all wrinkly and stuff. Yeah. Maybe if like a penis had a uh, a head like that. <laughs> maybe through some sort of like botched cir- circumcision. Oh no. Or something. Oh. That would be a, a pug ugly penis. Are you here? We are starting the episode off with botched circumcisions. <laughs> Uh, yep, that's going in the intro for later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Write that down. Uh, this is this is a a month late. Now we were able to jump in and do our initial listen and react episode from the gathering when this came out, which was cool because it, it legitimately was. That was the first time either of us were hearing it. We were live reacting as we were going, but now we've had a few weeks to sit with it, to listen a few times, to think about it, and we are back to do our actual full review, uh, having spent some time with the songs, paying attention to the lyrics, thinking about what our feelings are, uh, and and we're going to give it a, a real review and score today. Correct. It is official score time. Official score time. Now, we will talk about Hangin' Nuts and Hunt for Big Smoke, which were also released at the gathering, but they will not be included in our score. We are just scoring Pug Ugly, but also talking about sort of light reviewing the other two singles. Correct. Acknowledging them. Right. Right. You know. Because they're definitely different than Pug Ugly. They, you couldn't well, just say they were tracks that should have been on that album because they no, certainly are No, no, are no. Although, uh, God, I would I would love for one of them to be on something official so I could hear it on Spotify. But yeah, we'll get to that later. Yes, we will. We will. Eric? Yes? Something interesting happened in the world of ICP with We yesterday. Oh, is that true? Do I know about it? It happened on your computer. The oh, computer. Yeah, it did. In case things seem a little uh, fumbling for the next month or so. This is why. 
uh, kind of thing. You know what I mean? I yeah. I I wish. I truly wish I could explain this because having an answer to it would make me feel a lot better. But I don't have an answer to it. So yesterday morning. I sat down at my computer and I was going to look at the notes for this episode and they were not there. As a matter of fact, the entire folder full of everything for our show, all of our music clips, all of our sound effects, all of our um, graphic assets, all the working files, Everything except for so when when I finish editing an episode, I move it to a separate drive and it's there, but everything else gone. And I thought, this doesn't make sense. I don't remember deleting stuff off my desktop. Maybe I accidentally moved it along with some of the other files to my other drive. No, not there. So I tried restoring my computer to a few days previous because I had a restore point, brought it back. And the strangest thing happened. It put the folder back on my desktop, but in that folder was one file. And that file was House of Crazy's Collector's Edition 97 album. Nothing else in there. I mean, hey, pretty decent album to have, but uh, I don't know. We haven't heard it yet. Everything well, else. I, so, yeah, that that's the thing. I'm I thought because anything from right, House right. of Crazy is pretty good. Yeah. So I tried to use file recovery software searching for specific files that I know were in that folder, couldn't find any of them. So at some point in the last two to three days, my assumption was I accidentally deleted it, but I really don't think I did because had I deleted it in the last two or three days, I have not put so much on my computer that it would have overwritten all those deleted files, but they are simply not there. I, I I don't know what happened. So... We're missing things, although we are slowly recovering bits like uh, before the gathering, I sent you some of our theme songs and all of our album art and stuff like that so we can recover those things, I think. But uh, there's definitely like our episode lists going forward missing. I was able to recover the songs we missed. Luckily, uh, Mustard had asked what songs were on there so he could start pulling together lyrics for anything missing. So I was able to go back to that conversation and pull the next, you know, the remaining songs we missed episodes, but like my story time outlines gone. I'm going to have to figure out what each one was again. I mean, they're my memories, but having had them written down was a good thing. So very nice. A, a, A lot. Yesterday was frustrating. And the worst part about it was I tried everything I could think to try. And then I just was very quickly forced to go, oh, I'm not getting this stuff back. So I guess I just have to accept it. Well, thankfully, Eric, you sent me a third file along with our intro and outro. And what was uh, it? Please tell me it was the Fago crack. It was the Fago crack. Hey. To you in Discord. Yes. (laughs) You you have the Fago crack again. Um, And I do have the intro and outro. Uh, I will toss you the Google Drive link for that. after we I appreciate it so but um, I mean honestly hopefully if you're just listening to our episodes you won't notice a big difference Um, but it bums me out to have lost some of the files that we lost like working files for some of our graphics and stuff like that bums me out but yeah that is that is a bummer oh well Uh, we'll live and we'll move forward and keep doing our thing 
such is life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of life uh, outside that, which is a, as big as it sounds, I have so much of the stuff that we, you know, have done in the past backed up. I've got all of our episodes saved on separate fo- folders and stuff. Uh, but correct, and it, all of our episode finished episodes are still yeah, downloadable. Obviously, right. absolutely. Online so stuff, yeah. uh, uh, outside of that, which is a, a a minor bump in the road for us, as big as it sounds, how is your life? What's been going on with you? Because we, uh, you know, I just realized we skipped an episode like a week. So we, we, we it's yes. been two weeks. So we did skip a week and that is due to life stuff. Yes. Uh, we ended up recording, re-recording with the JJ boys, our gathering recap episode. Yep. And then, um, Eric had some freelance work, uh, on Sunday, which is our normal day to record last Sunday. And I think we both kind of really needed a rest from podcast stuff. Uh, just from all busy life stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that is why we skipped the week, obviously. But I my my freelance work was good. was like a five day thing though. It was Thursday through Monday. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we would have just recorded on a different day. Yeah. No. So. It was uh. It, it was a def- yeah. It was a multiple day thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I'm I'm good. You know, I'm busy. Work is busy. You know, f- having to film videos of me eating gas station food is vid- busy. You know. <laughs> yes. But good. I actually yeah. went to Wiener Schnitzel uh, yesterday. Where and is there one in, in your area? Ago, there's one in Allen. Yeah, actually. Oh. Um, funny enough, it's right around the corner from where I grew up from. And so you know, I I ate at this Wiener Schnitzel my whole life growing up. I actually didn't realize until high school that it was uh, more regional to the what West Coast. Well, the the only one that I've really ever seen outside of I guess California was in um i believe austin is where they've got one so i or or san antonio i just remember being down there a uh, san antonio it's right. in san antonio i know uh like new mexico and arizona <clears throat> yeah have a uh, fair amount of them yeah uh, and i think there's one in grand prairie or arlington maybe but i can't remember um but at any rate i went to wiener schnitzel which since i grew up with it is actually one of my favorite like fast food restaurants and I, I got five chili cheese dogs. I ate all five of them on camera. And uh, good God, I, I didn't even I didn't even want them that that bad. I just knew uh, I haven't posted it in a couple of days. I need to post something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I'll eat five chili cheese dogs on camera because I know that'll that the TikTok algorithm will like that. Yeah. And send it to people. And yeah. it's true. I mean, it's got like over 40,000 views as of right now. Jesus. Well, I mean, yeah, that no, seems like a, a fun time. I mean, on my end, I have been um, you know, actively taking on some some freelance production work and voice work as well, just to, you oh, know, nice. keep keep things flowing and kind of grappling with my my job search and and life in general right now. Uh, right. Still trying to kick the end of COVID, I believe, which it's now been well over a month, but Oof, I have, I still have yeah. a little bit of symptoms hanging on. And this last two days has been really weird because we, I noticed, I guess, I don't know, maybe it was yesterday morning that I really noticed, but it smelled, I woke up to a very smoky smell, it smelled like campfire. And I'm like, somebody's burning something. And Ooh. I looked outside and it was hazy and I, so I'm like, what the heck is going on? And Christy said, are there fires near us? Because, you know, living on the West coast, we right. definitely are 
susceptible to forest fires and stuff like that. And I would say not last summer, but the previous summer, there were just south of us some pretty substantial forest fires. And it just everything was hazy and yellow and just bad air quality. And it started to seem like that. So I looked and it turns out that about an hour east of us is a very large forest fire right now that started over the past mm. couple of days that I think I saw was like 2000 acres or something like that. So yesterday we were out and around a little bit, not doing anything crazy. We're trying to be like responsible, but we hit a garage sale near us. And when we walked like outside, there's ash snowing from like it snowed ash all day yesterday. My God. So like my car was parked for 15 minutes. We went back to it and there was like ash all over it. You open the door and it would like flurry into the air. It was very, very, it's very weird. And, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah I can't even imagine like being in that. Yeah. It's no, not, it's, it's not, it's not awesome. I can, yeah, I can imagine it's not awesome. It's just like the, the sky in general is just kind of dark and hazy. Like in the middle of the day at like noon yesterday, I looked up directly at the sun and it was just this orange glowing ball through the smoke. It was very weird. Jeez. So yeah, I'm I'm like, hoping that that fire stays where it is. So uh, if we're talking like weather wise, it's been insanely nice here. Uh, in in contrast, it was 66 when I woke up yesterday. Wow, nice. Morning. Yeah, 66 and overcast. Moose and I had a fantastic walk. It was 60 when I woke up this morning. Wow. I uh, uh, yesterday yeah, it was, it was nice. I asked Google what the weather is, and she said today will be 87 with smoke. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Good times. So it sounds like you're living in post-apocalypse. I mean, aren't we all? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. You know, because even though it was 60 yesterday morning, by 4 p.m. it was 93, I think. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, we're getting into the 80s, but that's I mean, that's a little bit of a warm up. We've had even cooler than that. You want to hear something really crazy? The, The nearest town to where the fires are is called index. And we've been there before we've driven through that area, but Christy got on her phone, um, evacuation alerts yesterday saying, post a note on your front door, leave, turn the headlights on your car, evacuate the area. And she was starting to freak out. And then she got a another one saying due to a technical error, this went to a larger area than it was supposed to. This is only for people that live in the index area. And she was like, Oh my God, they can't do shit oh, like fuck. that. But it was scary yeah, to see. <laughs> it was scary to see the notifications on the phone. Oh yeah, absolutely. I bet. My God. So That's there. Crazy. Now we're all caught up. Um, what are you wearing? And what did you have for breakfast? Oh yes. Yeah. So I had buns for breakfast. Oh oh. Uh, I made them uh, this morning, and they were delicious. I also had coffee. What I am wearing. Uh, I'm actually wearing my Shaggy Two Dope Southwest Strangler shirt and sweatpants, no undies. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Crocs, what are you wearing and what did you have for breakfast? Oh, I'm wearing um, basketball shorts, no underwear, because this is what I slept in. Uh, t-shirt, course. a PlayStation t-shirt, actually, uh, and Ooh. a crew neck sweatshirt glasses. That's That's the fit right now. And for breakfast, I had a banana and a meal replacement shake. Is that, uh, I don't have a clever name for that. Was it a vanilla? Yeah. 
yeah. know, replacement shake. It was. Yeah. That's obviously dick and cum. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to think of a clever, oh. clever way to say it. Yeah. I, I you just say it like that. Yeah. Okay. So Eric had dick and cum for breakfast. Yeah, pretty much. Sounds delicious. I actually had uh, that. So my, my buns were, <laughs> my buns were my second breakfast. Um, <laughs> second breakfast. I, uh, I went to well. So this morning I woke up. I like six a.m. Uh huh. And I was, you know, I went to bed relatively early last night. I feel, I guess. Uh, so I was feeling fine. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna go to the gym this morning. So I went to the gym, and then after the gym, I had a protein shake. Oh, there you uh, go. Chocolate. So I, I did not have cum. Okay. I had diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself in that way. Like, listen, if you're gonna work out. You need a diarrhea shake. <laughs> you need diarrhea. So it's funny because you had all frontal and I had all all Rural? posterior. Oh, posterior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you you had the dick and cum and I had the, the buns and diarrhea. The milk, milk, lemonade around the corner diarrhea is made? Yeah, around the corner uh, protein diarrhea is made. Wow. Okay, so uh, we've got <laughs> botched circumcisions, drinking diarrhea eating cum, all of this stuff in the 20 minutes before we even start our episode. Yes, exactly. And uh, you know what? That's cool. And, and on brand there, it's sadly very on brand. Well, Hey Eric, let's talk diarrhea. No more, <laughs> please. <And> let's, <laughs> let's, let's start talking about something a little more ugly, <laughs> more ugly than diarrhea more ugly than diarrhea and that is this bot circumcision pug ugly uh, put put that well, on a okay. t-shirt more ugly than diarrhea oh my god oh my god with with pug ugly with like a re like a redrawn of pug ugly's face just recolor make it brown oh my god or put brown around his mouth <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> fuck are we what well, this is what happens when we take a week off we bullshit too much yeah because we didn't do the, this is two weeks of pent up not bullshitting that's, with each other that's exactly it okay we're here to review uh three things the main thing being pug ugly eric this is the most recent seed of the yum yum please tell us what we need to know about this album I'm, I'm happy to. I've done um, some research, and we also lived through some of it, which is kind of cool. I was about to say, we, this is, I think, going to be the first brief history lesson of an album that we're going to have lived through. Well, I mean, technically, Yum Yum's Lure, Yum Yum, Bedlam, and Wicked Vic, but this one, I think yeah, we have we a very like close connection the, to. Right. Right, yeah. We weren't at the things that those came out on. Right. We you were know, the at ones this that thing. Did, yeah, the, we were at this thing. We actually we had our physical copies well before it was even out. Yeah, and by well I mean uh, like two days. But exactly, which is well. So Still. here's here's the story of Pug Ugly. In October of 2020, when Yum Yum Bedlam was originally announced, ICP said that there were going to be three seeds of Yum Yum EPs. We've talked about this a bit, and that they would all release in 2021. Now we know that Yum Yum Bedlam itself didn't even come out until October of 2021 due to some delays. So obviously those three Yum Yum EPs did not come out during 2021. But when Yum Yum Bedlam did finally release, the CD booklet 
listed new dates for all three of these seed ZPs. And the dates listed were Wicked Vic on February 17th, Pug Ugly at the Gathering, August, and Woe, the Weeping Weirdo on Halloween. Now, as promised, the first seeds of Yum Yum EP did indeed release on February 17th streaming and then in physical version at Juggalo Day weekend, which I think was the following two days. Yes. Now, it looked like the second Seeds EP, the one we're talking about today, Pug Ugly, was on track to release at The Gathering until late June of 2022, when it was announced that Violent J had been in the hospital with pneumonia for nearly a month. And because of this, the release of Pug Ugly was going to be pushed back to an undetermined date. Then, quite unexpectedly, and we were watching live when this was announced, just a few days ahead of the gathering during the official gathering infomercial live stream on YouTube, they announced mm-hmm. that Pug Ugly would come out at the gathering. Violent J also mentioned having been on life support during his time in the hospital, though I'm not sure if that statement was ever clarified, whether he was saying he literally was on life support or that was uh, an exaggeration of of his situation either way being hyperbolic right right either way sounds like it was a relatively serious situation but absolutely he said he you know got out and they hustled to get this thing done in time so on tuesday august 2nd day zero of the gathering this is something we didn't know and if we did know we probably would have taken advantage of it attendees were able to get on the grounds go to the merch tent and buy a physical copy of the cd Pretty much immediately, though, the album art and track listing were shared online. We saw it on Fago Lovers right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like we saw that on day zero, right? Yeah, absolutely. We did. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We we didn't get to the the merch table till the next day, day one of the gathering, because we didn't know you could get in on day zero. So that was on us. But the only way you could hear this EP for the first few days was to have bought a physical copy. And then listen to it in your car or whatever, right? But on Friday, August 5th, day three of the gathering, Pug Ugly went live on streaming services, which is when we first listened to it because we didn't have any good way to listen to the CD. Correct. We didn't want to. uh, Obviously, y'all know we were with the JJ boys. uh, And the only way we would have been able to listen is through Shmeev's car. And I don't think anybody wanted to just sit in the car for half an hour. Well, we uh, also offered that to them, said, hey, do you want to get in and we'll do a group review of this? And they said, no, you're going to fuck up our uh, cadence that that's way ahead. So we're not there. Yeah, yet. True. They are not nearly there yet. And uh, we can't subject Shmeev to it. Correct. Correct. Right. So although admittedly, we did make Shmeev listen to one song, which he he liked very much. True. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing. We didn't know any of the details around this CD because they didn't really talk about them. Aside from a remix credit to Mike P on track seven, there are no production credits at all listed inside the CD, nor are there any producer tags on the songs like we're in Yum Yum Bedlam. And it just basically left people to speculate about who produced these tracks. Now, if you were at the gathering, you saw that not only 
were Kuma, Devereaux, and Shaggy the Airhead, all present and involved in different performances and events, but Mike Clark was there too. He performed a set on his own, and he DJed live on stage during ICP's jukebox set on Thursday. So people had a lot to consider, but there were definitely rumors that Mike Clark was involved with this. Then, yes. on August 10th, a week after Pug Ugly was first made available, Mike Clark confirmed in the comments section of a post online... He confirmed that he produced the first five tracks on the EP. And a fun fact here, I think I think Beneath the Dirt is credited with posting about this. But if you look at the interactions, it's actually Robbie that asked the question and got the answer true. from Mike Clark. Did you? It's true. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's do it, it for the Robbie. underground. Yeah, it was Robbie on his Do It For The Underground Instagram account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's no word on who produced track six, but I'm seeing people online saying it's Mike P. Uh, I'm not sure that's confirmed, but that seems pretty reasonable. I would think it probably is, just based on the type of track it is. So that same day on August 10th, Pug Ugly physical CDs went up for sale on the Psychopathic Vault. So if you weren't at the gathering, you had a chance to buy one. Also during the gathering... ICP released two other exclusive singles for people that attended special events. We mentioned these earlier uh, at the top of the episode. If you paid the upcharge to join the Hunt for Big Smoke event, which to my knowledge was literally people walking through the woods looking for a Sasquatch-type creature that apparently lives in central Ohio, you got this CD single called Hunt for Big Smoke. Uh, Apparently, you also got a pass that let you do Fago Armageddon during the Thursday night show. Uh, I I can't confirm that, but that's what we've heard. Yeah, I can't confirm that either uh, because obviously neither of us purchased said passes. So nor nor did we uh, reap the benefits. Nor did any know? of our close friends that might have given the pass to one of us. Couldn't that could never have happened? No, it, that's dishonest. Right, we would never allow that. So that's how you that's how you got the hunt for big smoke. And if you bought a pass for the VIP meet and greet with ICP, you got a different CD single called Hangin' Nuts, which is a very loose cover slash interpretation of the New Kids on the Block 1988 song Hangin' Tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. So let's talk about this third Seeds EP, the one that is, whoa, that is is supposed to be coming out on Halloween. Halloween is right around the corner. Think about this. The first EP came out in February. So you had February, March, April, May, June, July, August till the next one. Now, only two months-ish later. This one does not have a lot of time in the sun before its brother sister seed comes out. So I would assume that they must have been working on both albums or both EPs, yes. which would lead me you to believe what? Mike Clark is probably involved in Woe as well. I have a prediction. Okay. I want to see if I'm right. What's your prediction? And I want to come back to this whenever Woe does come out. Okay. I predict that half of Woe. And half of Pug Ugly would be a very solid and cohesive album. You know what I mean? Like if you put them together? Yes. I mean, like I feel like I feel like they're working on with the, they had to have worked on both simultaneously. I feel like they're going to have a lot of the same uh, vibes, sounds. I think maybe. you're right. I think Mikey Clark 
probably is working with them, uh, worked with them on it since yeah. he did this one. Um, but that is my, and that's not to say that I only think that half of Pug Ugly is good. So that's not the case. But you know, it's you can't deny, and and we even said this in the our initial thoughts episode. Half of Pug Ugly has a very certain vibe, and the other half, you know, last part has a very certain vibe as well. My feeling is that if you take all the EPs, which there will be four around Yum Yum, and take your favorite songs off of those four, regardless of which songs are your favorite, that's going to vary by individual. I think you end up getting another strong second album, but I, I, I'd be very surprised if, you know, you liked all of each of these EPs, you know what I mean? True. Yeah. So because I, all of them differ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's my thoughts and speculation around the third and beyond EP. I don't think, I mean, as of recording, to my knowledge, we don't have a proper Wicked announcement yet, but I think they said something's coming. I think that the chances that we're going to get Woe during Wicked or on October 31st, probably low. I I suspect they're going to maybe push it to like a holiday release because they seem to be trying to drop these during main events and they usually do a big ballless Christmas party. Maybe it gets pushed to there. But yeah, possibly if it doesn't, if you remember back to when they first announced this, and I, I think I'm remembering this correctly, and and I could be wrong uh, on this. I believe they said that there is going to be a Seeds of Yum Yum album that collects all three EPs into one album and removes a track from each, but adds new bonus tracks. I wonder... I mean, I wonder if that's still their plan, if they still plan to do that, or if once Woe comes out, they go, okay, we completed this, let's move on. Uh, and if they do, I expect that the track that gets removed is going to be the seventh track on each EP, which is a remix. I think they True. they they kick the remixes, put the other tracks on, and then add a few new tracks. We'll see. But more importantly, once Woe drops and... The Yum Yum era ends, whether they do that full album or not. Do you think we can expect an announcement about the 6th before the end of the year? For instance, let's say Woe comes out on the 31st and we get, if they do that full collected album around Christmas, which they generally like to try and put something out around that time. We've seen they've, uh, Legacy have done like Forgotten Freshness or something around, you know, the December area. Do you think they would make an announcement before the end of the year, or do you think that would be Juggalo Weekend, February of 2023, that maybe they do the reveal of the 6th? Or maybe none of those. I don't know. What do you think? Personally, I hope that it's Juggalo Weekend. That would be cool as hell, right? Um, yeah, I ho- that, is, that is what I would prefer for them to do, is to make an announcement about the 6th before, uh, or at Juggalo Weekend. I think that if they did it at the end of the year, so so if things came out as expected, this is kind of in my head how I would see, right? Yeah. Woe comes out on Halloween, you know, Hollow Wicked. Then that album that they talked about, the Seeds of Yum Yum album, comes out early Christmas, you know, thinking yeah. about holiday gifts kind of thing. Sure. That gives a lot of content and music to digest 
until Juggalo Weekend when they can announce the the six. I think that that would be the perfect timeline. Okay, another question for you. And this might be too heavy uh, subject matter to speculate on, but uh, with Jay's health struggles, do you think this will change their strategy? They are trying to put out as much content and stretch things as much as they can. You know, early on, if you even look at our early episodes, we were knocking out albums. We got through, you know, most of the first deck in 10, 15 episodes or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Now we are doing you know, five, six episodes just on one Joker's card because they're releasing all this content around it. Do you think they will compress or expedite their path from here saying, hey, we can't do this forever. Jay can't perform the way he used to be per doctor's orders. He's not allowed to tour and stuff. Do you think they're going to say, let's, let's, Let's get to the meat of this. Let's make our Joker's cards and maybe our EPs and and let's move through. Or do you think that this allows them to record even more music and we're going to get even more stretched and elongated eras? Uh, You know, I think honestly, I think a little bit of both. They're not doing massive tours anymore, so they have more time to be in the studio, right? And being in the studio isn't as vigorous and intensive as being on the road. So they have more time that they can put into writing and releasing and planning, uh, you know, the seeds or, you know, the side uh, EPs and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because of that, I think that we will get more elongated content, you know, more elongated eras, but I think that they're going to be very compressed. Like, I I think that you think we'll get more content within a shorter time frame. Yes, I like uh, genuinely, I think unless Jay's health takes a turn and he's in the hospital for a month. Right. But even then they were able to get out and turn around bug ugly. Yeah. Even after that and, and, and keep that timeline for that. But I think that that pug ugly, you know, in August and then woe in October and then, uh, you know, the seeds of yum, yum, potentially maybe at Christmas time. And then I think. At, on that, they would probably announce the six Jokers card on that release. That's that's what I see, and I see that that the timeline of every couple months, I kind of see that as being the new timeline to an extent. I mean, that could make sense. And honestly, right now, I think we're seeing what you're describing in motion because if they do drop Woe on Halloween. That would mean we got a full album, three EPs, plus some additional singles in between in the span of one year, which is a shitload of content for them. Now, I think a lot of newer artists are subscribing to the constant flow of content idea. So every few weeks, every few months, they're putting stuff out, but they're putting out a song. ICP, if they do this, will be putting out EPs and albums every few months. I, I mean- that that's intense, but I think, you know, maybe you're onto something with that idea that we've got more time to record music, but also we need, we need to keep shit moving. So I think that's kind of cool. There's one other thing we need to consider though. We're thinking, Mm -hmm. Oh, their next big announcement is the sixth. And once the yum, yum era is done, once they've dropped all the yum, yum stuff, then they're going to talk about the sixth. Jay's got another project in the mix walking home. We haven't heard anything from that. True. Yeah. Walking home. And we never did get that farewell tour announcement, which was supposed to happen this year. I think people at the gathering thought maybe that was going to happen during the mystery seminar or something like that. Uh, yeah. 
that could delay or put off the announcement of the 6th. They could say, hey, at Juggalo Weekend, we're going to announce details for our big farewell tour and we're going to tour for the better part of a year because they you know maybe they don't do 10 15 shows in a row or something they do a show two days later a show something like that take their time maybe that pushes out the sixth announcement even further so i think there's multiple ways this could go i so i man i have a hard time feeling like that's going to be the case maybe i i say that i don't know i just feel like if they do the farewell tour. I I really think that they're going to want to crank out the sixth and then focus on the farewell tour. Maybe. I mean, or not even like all maybe. of the sixth era, but at least the proper album of it. Yeah. And then start talking about the tour because I, I feel like obviously God forbid Jay's health takes a turn for the worse when they're on this farewell tour. And all of a sudden there is no sixth card of the second deck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there is that risk. I'm starting to think that as as good as their intentions were, that maybe there will not be a farewell tour, and they've decided to just set that aside, and, and that's why we're not hearing anything about it, which yeah. which is okay. If that that's what they choose to do, that's okay. I mean, they're still going to play shows here and there, so it's not like nobody will ever see them. But yeah, I you know, I think I kind of agree with you on that. Yeah, no, it's uh, – it's – Definitely, these types of talks are definitely legitimate concerns and timeline talks, I think, are very valid to have in this stage of the game. Yeah, I'll Um, be super curious to see how this all plays out. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I'd love to return to this conversation even two months from now after potentially woe comes out. You know what I mean? And and see if, if anything has been announced and if they're on track to continue the timeline that we're thinking about and we will Um, note to us come back and listen to this episode before we do our woe review note to us okay y'all let's go ahead and start off our our review why not let's do we're gonna do that by looking at the album cover now this it could potentially be the first time i could ever review the album cover in person because i do have a physical copy but it's in my car so you uh, ding-a-ling I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real big dunce. So I'm going to look at it online. <laughs> Do it. Look at it online. Perfect. Uh, so I've been seeing this for a while now. Yes. At this point. Yeah. Either, you know, sitting on my desk or uh, on my phone while I'm listening to it. Very classic front design. That's very much so in line with uh, everything else from this era. Right. Uh, and, and in line with Joker's cards kind of as a whole. Yeah, it's interesting that these EPs basically have a Joker's card type cover. Black background, character, no band name, no album title. That's a very right. Joker's card thing to do. And normally their EPs don't follow that format. They just have, you know, some kind of cool image on the cover or something like that. This is the first era in which we are getting eps that have that joker's card cover format very true yes um and because of this i think we've even talked about this and speculated before uh i think that when you call if you collect all the physicals of this it it would be a beautiful display piece it'd be very Uh, cool set we've talked about it um and i think that that what that it lends itself very well to a potential box set in the future which is also what, uh, something we've talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it looks very clean uh, and, and very much so in line with everything else that's been released in the Yum Yum era. 
And even on the inside, I would say it does as well because it has a lot of that uh, Japanese, mm-hmm. I mean, clear cut Japanese uh, influence and imagery in here um, with the uh, cherry blossoms uh, running through Pug Ugly on the uh, inside with the Japanese characters. I don't know what that says. Do you? Uh, I don't know. There we go. It's got the 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 ICP the new era ICP logo uh, down in the bottom left corner, which is just beautiful. And then the Pug Ugly written in sort of that same font, uh, without the tentacles. Yeah, I think that this cover is is really nice. You know, the the inside artwork looks really cool. The back looks dope. The back that's Tom Woods' artwork on the back of Pug Ugly with the uh, the logo with the track listing. And it just it looks it looks clean. It looks like a, a well put together release. You know, I, I they have that introduction. I don't know. We read this on our recap episode, correct? I don't think we read the whole thing. No. Okay. Should we? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to trade off each word? No. You just you just read it. You just <laughs> go for it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll read it. Okay. From the mud, dirt, filth, and grime, it grows beneath, rotting corpses, fertilized by the very fluids that slowly seep out and drain from the decaying flesh. Up above, its rancid bud with its putrid petals anxiously race to break ground in the hopes of feeding off the rotten remains of any morsel still intact. The more love the victim spreads, the more kindness the victim shared. Its wretched black seeds slowly sprout from the corrupted soil, reeking of the unmistakable odor of death and growing just fast enough to be witnessed by the naked eye. The cleaner the victim's soul was now determines how vile, how hideous, and how ugly Pug Ugly the Stink Bud shall become. Its roots snake and slither their way down deep into the earth, resembling long, jagged claws desperately reaching for the familiar burn of hell's fire. The stink bud feeds off the heart of the, the pure victim, bud, but the stronger the stink comes. Can I tell you something? I'm very uh, confused. So they have victim in all caps three of the four times it's written here. Yes. I don't know why it's not. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You're why. supposed to shout at those times. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like make it all caps. I Make them know. all caps. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, that's the introduction to Pug Ugly. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I just uh, just purely looking at the cover, I think this is maybe to me a little less dynamic than the Wicked Vic cover and of the Yum Yum Bedlam cover. Maybe it's because it's essentially just a single color with no shading. There's no green in this. And I think True. maybe making the stem and like tentacles green would have added a little more pop of color uh, but it also makes it stand out as slightly different because it's all green i mean pug ugly if i had to describe pug ugly's look is like a dandelion made of bubble gum like yes. chewed bubble gum that's kind of the style yes. there uh, i do think aside from that though it perfectly fits the theme of these this era of of these yum yum seeds uh, I couldn't imagine it looking much different. If it was anything other than this, I would have been surprised. So I think it's exactly what it should be. Yeah, that's uh that's a pretty good way to put it. It's exactly how it should be. Yeah. We've seen what this seed looks like for 
better part of a year now. Yeah, I mean, we've seen all three of them. And I would say of the three designs, this is the one that least speaks to me. I think the other two designs, to me, I like better for Wicked Vic They're and cooler, Woe. I'd say, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Woe is the one that I like the best so far. I can't wait to see that clean on an album cover. I mean, we basically know what it's going to look like. But but yeah, this is fine. This one's fine. Uh, I think fine is a good way to put it. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm very excited to see Woe. I'm also very excited to see merch that comes from uh whoa yes because i feel like uh whoa on a pocket tee would look like pocket size would look fucking sick i know they won't do it probably not because they don't do that that type of shit they don't but uh that would look dope okay shall we get to the music proper yeah i we're about an hour in we should do it i'm surprised that we are like that much on track at this point (laughs) you know what i mean yes um, okay, well, so Pug Ugly, which has seven tracks in total. Six of which we'll talk with- about. <laughs> um, let's start with uh, track number one, and that is I'm Ugly. Yeah. Eric, what are your thoughts? So this this track starts in an interesting way with a woman saying, you're so cute. And then the voice of, I assume, Pug which is Violent J, saying, I'm not cute, bitch, I'm ugly. It makes me wonder if they're trying to make a statement here, making a statement about the ugliness being on the inside, uh, dealing with bad and ugly things internally that people can't see on the surface. I wonder if this uh, goes beyond that to Jay's feelings on his relationships, people thinking, oh, you know, oh, you're, you're cute, you're good, you're, you know, and he's going, no, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ugly. You know, I wonder, right. I wonder if there's more to it. It might not be that, but it certainly feels that way. So I think that's just that intro tells a lot. It's kind of interesting. Listening to this, specifically the verses, is it just me or does it sound like Jay's voice is pitched up? Not a lot, like 50 cents, maybe, maybe a little bit more, but it sounds, it, it does, it sounds like, in in mixing this album, they're like, Can, let's just let's just pitch Jay's voice up a little bit. You think that's? Do you, did you sense that at all? Um, not much, you know. But now that you talk about it, I can kind of I can see it. Yeah, there were specific points where it's it, it sounded artificially pitched up to me. Now I could be wrong. It could just be compression or mixing, or you know, I'm just still getting used to Jay's voice and and i will say i've heard people refer to or or dub jay's voice on these last few albums as the old man jay voice which i believe is an homage to the wolverine comics arc old man logan so it's kind of a loving term despite the potential pitch shifting on this track you definitely hear some elements of that voice coming through especially in the outro the the everybody dies dies part uh there's almost a bit of a if i had to describe it a lispy, raspy aspect to his voice these days. Uh, we've been hearing it for a while now. For a long time, we were saying that we thought maybe his voice was strained. I think maybe this is just how his voice sounds. I think I'm starting to get more used to it. But even in getting more used to it, I think I'm 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 still trying. Like maybe that my perception of his vocals are pitched up here is just me trying to get used to what his voice sounds like now. 
but maybe it is pitched because his voice sounds different and they said let's you know let's let's do a little work on this i don't know but yeah this song is about being ugly in your actions and doing terrible things rather than being physically ugly to look at uh it's an interesting track when we first listened to it i thought it was just going to be a mostly instrumental intro track but it's and it still kind of is an intro but it does have Mm -hmm. you know full-on verses to it so i would consider it a song Uh, what were your thoughts about this one yeah uh you know in our initial listen yeah we thought it was going to be just a classic intro where they just uh, you know repeat hug ugly over and over again kind of thing which it started out but then you know there are actual verses to it uh and i think that jay's verses are really good this is that that yum yum era Jay delivery, or as you call it, the old man, you know, the lovingly old man Jay voice, right? Yeah. Uh, which I I like that voice. I think that it serves him very well. I I like the tone of it. I like how he uses it, and he uses it really really well in this intro. They get straight to the point of what this EP is about. You know, being ugly on the inside. Pug ugly is about being ugly on the inside, right? Yeah. And uh, that intro very uh, you know up top. The you're so cute. What I ain't cute, bitch. I'm ugly. You know, I had similar thoughts to you about it. Right? Is that like everybody's got got ugly in them, right? Yeah. Everybody's got ugly in them. It doesn't matter how cute you are. Doesn't matter how pretty you are on the outside. Doesn't matter how cute people think you are on the outside. Everybody's got ugly in them. Obviously, more people than others. And if you're an ugly person on the inside, it's eventually going to show out. Yeah, and I mean, you then know? there are other people, I myself included, where you. You, you grapple with the parts of you that you find ugly and, and Absolutely, you yeah. see it more than other people ever will. You know, only you know how ugly you yeah, are. Absolutely. You know, that is sort of dealt with in this song and in the next coming songs as well. Um, but yeah, this gets straight to the theme of it. Musically, I think the beat is really cool. I think this serves as a really good intro. You know, it, it, it kind of takes what they used to do in two songs and puts it together in one song. Yeah, and then they then they split it out and do the other song later. True. Yeah. And that outro is also just super catchy. I, I really like the outro. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Cool. Well, then let's move on to track number two. This one's called Ababa Kadabrababra. There's, there's extra Bs in it. That's why I said it that way. What were your yeah. thoughts? Uh, my first thought was, why did they put the extra Bs in? Because... Um, <laughs> My phone, when I was typing this out, when I was typing my notes, my phone auto-corrected it like four times to the way it's actually supposed to be (laughs) fucking spelled. I really like this beat. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we talked about how this song uh, feels like classic ICP mixed with Yum Yum era ICP perfectly. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about that again when we get to my notes. So, yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Well, yes, that's definitely something that I still feel. This song, uh, I think Jay's flows are sick. You can hear a lot of obvious callbacks and vibes of old ICP in that new tone, which is awesome. I think that Jay has uh, some really fucking great flows. I think that the hook uh, with Shaggy is really fucking catchy. In fact, I find myself just kind of humming it. Even after not listening to the song for like weeks at a time, I, I, I will find myself humming this this song, uh, this chorus, at least. Uh, and then, you know, on verse three, when Shaggy comes in, he absolutely, absolutely kills it with his uh, flows, with his vocal patterns. Uh, and, and, you know, this song is very much so on theme. 
right? It's yeah. it's talking about uh you know doing ugly shit. Like that's exactly what 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 this song's talking about. You know, I'll put a foot of dick up in your booze pudding stew. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> I mean, of course, protein shake, but you right, know. right, right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like this song. It it mixes old and new ICP perfectly, and uh, chorus is catchy, beats great. They kill their verses. I don't really have anything bad to say about this song. Yeah. So I'll say this: even if Mike Clark hadn't said yes, I produced the first five tracks on this EP. I would still pretty well know this was a Mike Clark track. Uh, when we talk yeah. about, you know, wanting ICP to work with Mike Clark again, this is the kind of track I'm looking for. Uh, you know, I think this is really cool. This is the most sort of traditional sounding ICP song on this EP from the beat to the vocal delivery to the subject matter. I think this is a very fun track to hear. Now, I, you know, I'm certainly not a, the only good ICP is first deck ICP or, you know, riddle box ICP or whatever. I like a lot of the new stuff. So I like hearing this style mixed with the new style. I think that's cool. Oh yeah. And the, I think one of the things that I like about this, that takes me back to some of the more hard themed jokers cards and albums and, and EPs is where they were very focused on the punishment of people who lived wicked lives. This is the only song on this EP that seems focused in that way. And when you listen to that hook, the poof, ta-da, away you go. Here was a hoe who's here no more. You fall through the floor with an abracadabra. That that whole thing is very, you know, Milenko or Riddlebox or Ringmaster-esque where they are talking about, mm. we are here to punish you or or do you know send you to the next place i think this one may be not as hard branded but it's there and i think that's neat there's a line in jay's first verse that i wanted to talk about because i listened to it and i 100 percent thought he said something about being on molly and giving your dick a suck and i was like okay whoa big change for them that you know and then i looked it up and he's not saying that uh he he's he that he's not saying that but it when well, I hear it, bummer. when I hear it, that's what I hear. Jay has the first two verses. Shaggy comes in on verse three. And I think Shaggy sounds great. But what in the fuck is he talking about? He says something about you're on Jupiter and you're getting violated by butt the pirates. And he appears to then take your life. He talks about the Reaper and it almost sounds like. He's the reaper in this scenario. Then he says that your reverend pastor and preacher are irrelevant and that he beats you and defeats you and eats you. But I can't tell if he's talking about the reverend and pastor beating you and defeating you or if he's going back to referencing the reaper, which he previously refers to it, not he. That verse is all over the place. It's, it's all over the place. But most importantly, in this song, the biggest standout to me is Jay talking about Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Because there's an odd dynamic here. He says that Taylor Swift is a demon trying to eat his soul, and she doesn't think he knows it. That's a paranoid delusional statement. And it's weird yeah. that, is this about Jay wrestling with his own temptation? And if so, why is he alluding to the fact that she is intentionally trying to consume him? And that she's aware of what she's doing, trying to trick him. There's something really odd in all of that statement. 
I mean, maybe Taylor Swift in general is being seductive to the general public and doesn't think we know it. It's more important to be edgy and sexy and cool than anything else. But overall, I think this is a fun song. It's a very cool beat. Uh, it, it mixes that old school vibe with some of the new school sound. I would suggest not taking the time to read the lyrics while you listen. Just listen to it and have fun <laughs> because uh, let's do it. And have fun. You're going to come out confused if you do. There are a few. Yeah. You know, I never caught uh, that that Shaggy refers to the Reaper as it. And then he uh, allegedly right later. Uh, that is uh, that's an interesting catch. I'm glad that you caught that. Yeah, that's, unless that's unless that he is not referring to the Reaper, but referring Correct. to your reverend or pastor. It's it's hard to know because of, of of the way it's delivered. So it could be either. It is, yeah, it is delivered uh, a little strange. Also, I'm surprised you brought up the Taylor Swift line without talking about the line that comes immediately after the one that you ended on, uh, which is "For now, I just peep her and beat my pole." Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, that's that. That's the logical conclusion, right? Of course. Yeah, I think Taylor Swift is trying to consume my soul. Right. But, you know, and she doesn't know that I know, but for now, I'm just going to jack off. <laughs> I mean, that seems about right. Uh, okay, let's move Can on to track. Let's move, let's I, move I, on to track three. Yeah, track number three. <laughs> this one's called Pug Ugly. This is the title track. Also, somewhat of an intro-ish track, I guess. I don't know. I, they don't always put the title track or the uh, character-themed track at the beginning. Sometimes it's later, but... Kind of, it, it kind of vibes that way. What are your thoughts on this track? Uh, yeah. So this song is uh different tonal delivery slightly from Jay. Uh, darker, right? Definitely darker. I think the beat is cool. This song is very surface level, though. I feel like when you're talking about the, you know, Jay gets right into it on his first verse. This world is ugly, pug ugly, streets covered in blood. This song is just about the world and and how it's ugly. But they never really scratch any deeper than I feel like the surface of it, right? They they bring up how it's ugly. They don't expand on that much. Any, you know, I, it's, I it's think they the do. Level. And I'll be in, I'll I'll be happy to talk about it in a moment. But please continue. Okay. Yeah, I, I would love to hear um, your opinions on that. Yeah. No. I I mean, it's a darker tone a little bit, but still in the same theme, talking about the world being ugly and in every way how it is. So it's on theme. Uh, it's not a bad song in any uh, way. It's, it's a pretty good song. I really like his delivery on a lot of things. It just felt service level. I, I kind of felt like I was, I was wanting more from this song specifically and, and kind of maybe expected more whenever I really dug into it. Okay. My, my biggest thought, even when we first listened to it, is that I was surprised by the song, not because of the sound of the song or what they say, but because I feel like the first track already introduced this concept in the album, and it almost feels like we're getting two establishing tracks here. But when you pay attention, there's a significant difference. That first track is about you being ugly on the inside. This track takes a different angle. Uh, it, it gives a reason for some of your ugliness. So I think this one sounds very different. I think they go deeper with the concept and they detail the concept of Pug Ugly a little more. I think this time 
we're talking, they're talking about the world around us being ugly and all the horrible things that are happening. And there's some key lines, like they're saying, not just in the ghettos, but in the meadows, everywhere. You're not safe no matter where you are because this world is ugly, which is true. And that's an interesting statement. The hook on this one is also interesting because it's where they they turn things back inward. The verses are very much talking about the world around us is ugly. On the hook, they're saying the world is ugly and I can't change the world, but I wish the world would change. So the only thing you can do is to be ugly yourself, almost as a means of defending yourself. And it almost then becomes a race to out ugly the people around you in fears of getting victimized by them. Um, it's almost like being reduced to animals in the wild. This is, uh, stay with me because it's going to sound like an odd reference, but Jack London has a really cool passage in the book, The Call of the Wild, where he talks about this concept. And now he's referring to the dog, mm. but I think it's a parallel to humanity as well. But he says, he must master or be mastered while to show mercy was a weakness. Mercy did not exist in this primordial life. It was misunderstood for fear and such misunderstandings made for death. Kill or be killed, eat or be eaten was the law. And this mandate down out of the depths of time, he obeyed. So the whole idea of if, if you show mercy, if you show weakness, it's misunderstood for fear and you're going to be killed or taken advantage of. So it's kill or be killed, eat or be eaten. That's your law. And that's kind of what they're talking about here. Now I want to talk about a few specific lines from Violent J. That pussy threw up, spit you up. You've been fucked from birth. They and kill you, then fill you with unleaded gas. Then for the delight, they ignite a match up your ass. I just wanted, I just wanted to state those lines for the juxtaposition against the Jack London quote, because that's one of the most horrific and awful lines. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I do very much like in Jay's third verse where he talks about how ugly the world is. Then he says, this world is beautiful. Quit telling lies. Kind of saying people ignore or deny or can't see what's really going on, acting like things are great when they aren't. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I like that statement. So I think there's a lot of statements here about the world, about people, about self, about the state of things. There are no shaggy verses on this, but I do feel like maybe we hear him saying pug ugly in the verse. Even though I had a lot to say about this song, I'm not a huge fan of the music here. Although there's some good and interesting stuff, I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of this track. Just listening to it. I, I wouldn't come back and go, oh, I really like that. Let me listen to it. But I think they say a lot of interesting things here. And I understand why they have this track and I'm ugly. It's kind of like the first track, I'm ugly. The third track, here's why I'm ugly. So. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think, uh, I think it's very clear that this is different than I'm ugly for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this, you know, I'm ugly sort of lends itself to this or vice versa, maybe. And I think, uh, you know, and maybe this one would have played better or read better right off the bat if it was maybe, you know, back to back with, with I'm ugly. But, um, I like, I also like Abracadabra right where it is. I think it's a perfect yeah. second track. Uh, I agree. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that. And I also um, think separating them kind of made sense. I think they needed something in between. So I, 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 I get why they did it. I'm cool with it. Yeah, no, I, I think the song is, uh, it's, it's okay. Not great. I'm not going to jump it going back to it again. I, I just, I feel like 
they talk about the world being ugly as a a very blanket statement and they they don't get deeper into why it's ugly what's running the ugliness in the world you know kind of stuff like that i feel like that's what i would and maybe that needs a whole separate song oh well that's that's going a level deeper the the right. reasons behind the ugliness of the world that's causing you to yourself be ugly that's a whole nother you know i mean they don't they don't touch on it they just touch on here's what's going on in the world here's and what's why it's going ugly. on yeah. yeah all right let's go ahead and move on to the next track which is uh track number four which is scrub gang eric yeah what are your thoughts so we're in full old man j voice on this track they're oh, yeah. they're not doing anything to change it, which works really well for what this track is. I think this is a song about being a scrub, which I assume is an indirect reference to the TLC song "No Scrubs," the the song that really brought the term "scrub" into the popular lexicon in the late True. '90s, uh, making this track a very timely and modern concept, right? Uh, or not? In all seriousness, though, for the subject matter, maybe making this outdated reference is kind of perfect. Being a scrub, talking about being a scrub. It makes me think of Shaggy's song uh, on FTFO called Keep It Scrubbin'. But Shaggy's track is about like his status as an underground musician, rejecting the mainstream and accepting and embracing his place in his community. Uh, mm. This song is just kind of about being poor and trashy. Uh, it's not so much about it's indirectly about being ugly, right? They're they're not necessarily talking. They're they're talking about committing some crimes and and doing drugs and whatever. But I think the most interesting part of this song to me is the chorus: "Scrubbing when I'm yinging and scrubbing when I'm yanging." Now it might just sound like gibberish, but I think the ying and the yang. I think it's sort of talking about living the life, being a scrub, being who they are. Uh, no matter what, when things are going well and they've got money or when things are not going well and they're down and out, I'm scrubbing on the yin and the yang. So I think that's right. kind of interesting. I, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of this track musically or thematically. It's fine. I'm not mad that it's here or that I heard it. It's it's a skip for me when I'm listening. If it came on in a mix, I'd probably let it play. But I, I don't really like this. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think... Uh I think I kind of have a lot of similar thoughts. Um, you know, this song isn't great. It's fine. You know, I think that we talked about Scrub being a dated reference on our, you know, first reaction episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the here's how I'm justifying it in my mind. This song is written for people who would understand that reference because this song is written for people who are maybe in their mid thirties. <laughs> Does that make sense? But maybe like this song feels very mid thirties scrub. I mean, I think ICP now makes songs songs for people in their thirties and forties. Not to say that people that are younger or older couldn't listen, but I think you generally are, you know, writing songs from your own experience. So being people in their forties, they're probably making well fifties for Jay. Right, Uh, you probably talking to somebody that you think you know can relate to you so yeah that makes sense absolutely uh and and so you know with you know we can clown on them for them having those dated references but also let's clown on us because we immediately got that reference right sure like that's you know (laughs) um that being said i think that jay's flows are just a little 
a little lazy on this one. They don't feel as uh, tight on this one. That being said, I think Shaggy's flows were very tight and his patterns were very interesting and how he played with the beat was very interesting. You know, and this song with it still being kind of on theme, just kind of talking and and what I drew from it personally is that, uh, you know, being a scrub and being content and happy with your lifestyle, whatever, you know, yes. Uh, but also that you kind of need some of that scrub life in you to be ugly at the world as well. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like having some of that scrub life in you maybe helps you like that's your armor for being ugly to the world. Does that make uh, sense? Or, or the opposite way, you know, you listen to track three pug ugly, where it's talking about the world made me ugly and scrub gang going as a person who is made ugly by the world. Here is how I live. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's actually a very good, good way of looking at it as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I actually think that the next song, track five, I'm afraid, kind of carries on from there. You know, okay, uh, the world made me ugly. Here's how I live. Here are my feelings living the way that I live. So tell me your thoughts about I'm Afraid. Yeah. So this is the song with Roadside Ghost. It is. This song is very, uh, it's got a dark beat. Actually, I actually I'm coming around on the beat with it. I'm I'm I kind of, if I'm being honest, coming around on this song a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll right off the top, I'll say the same. My first reaction was no, but the more I listen to it, I'm like no, no, okay, yeah, okay. I gotta be honest, and this is gonna be surprise of the century. I'm coming around on the chorus. I really am. Yeah. I, I really am. You know, I, it's not amazing. Right. But when I was listening to this album while I was working out this morning and this song came on it, I was like bobbing my head along to the chorus, you know? So Um, I'll just put this out there. We've been very vocal about our dislike for Roadside Ghost. I'm still not a fan of the band or of the vocalist's style in general, but I do think his contribution to this song works and sounds better than Ain't No Time, which I still don't like works oh oh absolutely it works and it makes sense better than ain't no time yes yes um i i will agree with that as well i think that although i still am not a fan of roadside ghosts and i'm not going to be a fan of roadside ghosts anytime soon this song does not make me hate them more if this was the first song person in general yeah if if this was the first song i heard with them on it i I, I don't think I'd have quite the same feelings as I do about Roadside Ghost. Like if you heard this before. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I think I can agree with that statement. Yeah. So, I you know, one thing that I do have an issue with the chorus, though, would be. And I, I feel like maybe I'm going insane because uh, you didn't hear it during the initial listen, but I'm still hearing it. His vocal run, uh, there's just one note that is just off time. You know what's weird? On his vocal run. I've listened to it with that in mind because you brought it up that first time and I'm like, nah, I don't hear it. One time when I was only sort of paying attention, I was like, that's way off time. And then I paid attention. I'm like, no, it's not. So he's, he's kind of doing his run double time to the beat. So it feels funny in some place. Unless maybe there's just one time that he does it that it, it feels off time. But yeah, it was weird. My ears went, that's way off time. And then I listened to it right. again. I'm like, no, it's not off time. It's right. 
So when I when I try and count it out when I'm listening, and yeah. I, I did this like twice this morning. I tried to count it out while listening. It's sounding like he's trying to hit trying to hit the upbeat on one of you rather than the downbeat. And I think that's why it sounds off time when you're not paying attention, but it still just sounds off to me. I rather, I would have rather just heard, heard it all on the downbeat. Maybe it's not technically off time because he hits it on the upbeat. I, I don't think it sounded better on the downbeat. I don't think it's technically off time. I don't think it sounds right, but I also don't think it's wrong. If that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think I've come to that, that same conclusion when counting it out. Uh, still, I still think it feels sounds and feels wrong to me. And it, it definitely bugs me. Still, you know, I think that this song, uh, another one of, one of the problems of this song, I would say, uh, is that I feel like it's, it's too long. This song is five minutes and 24 seconds with, uh, relatively, I feel like long chorus outro. Yeah. It feels longer, obviously than, uh, all the other courses uh, as, as a sort of lingering outro. I think that they could have cut one of violent J's verses and done uh violent J chorus, shaggy chorus, long outro. Yeah. I, I, I guess I, think it lent I didn't have a huge issue with like, the length of the song, but I, you know, I, I, I couldn't fully disagree on that. Well, and I, I also feel like uh, Jay didn't particularly do anything super interesting in his verses. And Shaggy didn't really do anything incredibly interesting with his either. Uh, but also, I mean, they're not bad either. They're just not particularly interesting to me, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think if they would have cut one verse from Violent Jay, I would enjoy the song a lot more. Yeah, I, I guess so. I think I, it would be the first verse that I would get rid of because it's the one that feels out of place. When you listen to Violent J's second verse and then Shaggy's verse, you've got some interesting honesty about their fears. They're talking about Jay's talking about faith and relationships, uh, which I don't think is anything he hasn't explored before, but I think it works well in the song. Shaggy is talking about some interesting things. Uh, a lot of Fears, I believe, probably come from an honest place. Uh, his fear of rejection, which comes up in multiple different ways, some fear of betrayal, which comes up in a few different ways, and even some yeah. literal fears about natural disasters and plane crashes and things like that. Uh, so uh, that aspect of it, I kind of agree with. The first verse feels almost like it's taken from a different song to me, but it kind of does because he doesn't even get to talk about his fears are being afraid until the second half of it. Even then they're kind of yeah surface level. Yeah. The biggest thing for me though, is when I listen to this song, I can't help but think of and compare it to the song afraid of life from yum yum's lure featuring Dryden Mitchell of alien ant farm. And it's kind of a similar, like here's what I'm afraid of. And here's the, you know, rock singer on the hook. It does really make me wish Jay had latched onto Alien Ant Farm instead of Roadside Ghost because I'd much rather hear Dryden on these tracks because he's an amazing vocalist and I'd much rather have seen Alien Ant Farm at the gathering. I really like the first couple, two or three Alien Ant Farm albums. They're a good like pop punk rock crossover, like just good songs, good catchy hooky songs, cool sound. Uh, so Alien Ant Farm put out some good stuff. They yeah. put out some good shit. So I'm like... I know they are a probably bigger band and maybe 
wouldn't just do tracks for free or something, which I'm sure, I'm sure Roadside Ghost is not charging them for hooks right. and stuff. But yeah, I, I feel like putting Roadside Ghost is like great value alien ant farm on here because i do i i sense some similarities in tone i just don't like the vocalist of roadside ghosts use of his voice a lot of the time so uh anyway i think the song is okay i'm not going to make any big efforts to come back and listen to it again however i wouldn't turn it off if it came on and it's grown on me since the first time we listened i think overall it's a decent song yeah we could nitpick and say let's change this let's do that a little bit different but overall I think it's fine. I think it's it's kind of like a final track to the Pug Ugly story because the next one is a completely separate thing, has nothing to do with the Pug Ugly story, in my opinion. I think I agree. I, I, I wouldn't turn this song off yeah. if it came on again, but I, I'm not also also not seeking it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I do strongly feel Mike Clark said I produced the first five tracks on this album. I think that they are deliberately ordered on this track. I think the message goes in a specific order. I think it tells a story. I believe that this EP is these five songs and they also put 80s rock ballad on here. Correct. Yeah, I think that uh, obviously we're about to get to our uh, departure from Mikey Clark on this album. Yes. And get into uh, one confirmed Mike P. One, I'm pretty positive. We're pretty positive Mike yeah. P. kind of thing. Yeah. So, hey, let's go and get into it. That was Pug Ugly as a theme. Uh, but let's get into Pug Ugly as a couple, f- I guess, fun little last uh, parts. Other things, yeah. Uh, other stuff, I guess, yeah. 80s rock ballad, track six. Eric, take it away. Yeah. I have a suspicion that this may not have been initially intended for this EP, not only because of what I just said, but also because, and I'm skipping ahead slightly here, the two other tracks that were released at the gathering are basically just shaggy tracks. Yeah, Jay's a little bit on there, but those are primarily shaggy tracks. This is an all Jay track. I wouldn't be surprised if this was being recorded or intended for a single release or something like that outside. And because of Jay being sick and them needing to hurry, they put this track on here. I could be completely wrong. That's just my speculation, because although I think this is a great track, it doesn't fit with anything else. And they don't always hard theme everything. They, you know, sometimes just put a track on because it's cool. But when we first listened to this EP, this was the standout track to me. And I still think it's a standout track. Uh, reading the lyrics as I listen really underscores how well this song is put together. I had some trouble making sense of the perspective of this story and how it's being told or reminisced. Verse one is told from present tense in the past, a kid in the 80s talking about seeing yes. this girl on the porch. The rest of the song is told in a modern or current present tense, looking back and wondering what life would have been like with her over the decades through the 90s and 2000s, etc. So in my mind, I'm thinking he saw this girl as a kid, and now he's thinking back and going, what if we had been together? That's that's a concept that makes sense. And I that's how I take it when I listen, even though it's written from kind of confusing perspectives. But I think that's the story. I think that's You know, maybe he's seeing her again now or thinking of her again now and going, gosh, if I had known, I would have, you know, I would have done everything I could to be with you. And I think that's a relatable concept. 
I think if you don't have a person in your life that you look back and you go, that's somebody I still think about once in a while. You know what I mean? Like, I think everybody has that right. in some capacity. And um, yeah, yeah. overall, I'm not a big fan of 80s rock or 80s rock ballads, but I think this is done really well musically great guitar work even it's a type of guitar that i'm not a big fan of with the 80s solos but it sounds fucking great the lyrics and concept really bring this track together i'm gonna sound like a piece of shit for saying this but i can't help it the only thing in this song that bothers me is jay's repeated use of the word of in place of have we would of stayed true Mm. What would we of named our kids? It stands out intensely when I listen because it almost sounds like he over enunciates of each time. Obviously, it's would we have stayed true? What would we have named our kids? Now, that's right. me being a piece of shit and going, you know, <laughs> let let me nitpick your grammar. But but it it pokes my ears every time I can't hear it. In spite of that, in general, this is a great song. So unlike them and yet somehow perfectly on brand i i I really thought this was great what did you think yeah uh a lot of similar thoughts i think that um this was the standout whenever we listened in our first react i think it's still the standout i don't you know maybe not the standout but a standout i like 80s rock more than eric and uh so i you know it's no secret that i enjoy this song i think that the story is is really uh really awesome story and concept to talk about and uh and make a song about uh i think that you're so you're right the the first verse is him as a kid and then it you know the chorus then jumps cut jump cuts to him as adult reminiscing right yeah Uh, i think that this song would have maybe benefited from uh him you know and even if if this is not what happened in real life and that this was a lie. I think the song itself and the story would lend itself well to him seeing this uh, person one more time as an adolescent yeah. before jump cutting to yes. uh, to adulthood, right? The but thing I'm missing from this is nitpick. saw you as a kid, didn't shoot my shot, just saw you again or saw your picture and I'm thinking back wishing I would have. You know what I mean? That's, right. that's the thing how, I'm missing. How it got connected back right Right. you know because i feel like this wasn't in the verse you know he talks about who he was and how he was as a kid up until the last two lines when he taught that's when he says this is when i saw her yeah you know and that's great right but i think that one more line where he uh still is a kid or even a few years you know five years after the fact when he's a teenager made it a if if he would have added a verse to make it a more meaningful relationship in the in the context of the song but I, but this is such small nitpicks at this right. point because i love this song like this song is great it is great i'm a big fan of this song yes um i'm talking about uh in verse two you know oh would we have scored tickets to alice and chains or we would would we have stayed true to the 80s and and been too stubborn and not like you know would we have gotten into grunge at all kind of thing i thought that yeah. was fun yeah. Uh, you know, it's a good story. It's Violent J doing what he does well. You know, I just, if I were to write it, I would have added in one more verse. I don't, I would have added in one or two more lines that would have done it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it even could have been done in, in as little as one or two lines. You're right. I mean, it, yeah. it totally could have. 
But yeah, I, I think that Jay's voice sounds really good on this song. Yep. Uh, you know, he doesn't, we talked about this on our initial reaction. He doesn't overstrain or, you know, try to go above and beyond. He, he stays right where he needs to be and he does a good job. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. I think it sounds good. Well then let's move on to track seven. This is Queens, Mike P's neck choking woofer smoking remix. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Uh, you know, I feel like I had a lot of confusion for this song when we did our first initial reaction to it. I feel like I still kind of have some confusion towards it. Now I'm not against hearing remixes and, and of songs. I think that's, that's awesome. You know, they, they do a lot of that in throughout their whole career. They've, they've released remixes and, and stuff, you know, the chicken hunting mix, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or the chicken hunt and slaughterhouse mix, which is right? not like, technically a remix. That's definitely a re-recorded version, anyway. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you, you got a point there. But you know that the the concept is there, right? I feel like I'm still confused uh, with this one though because it just still feels so busy to me. the The remixing of this still feels so busy. We've talked about how Queens has been a song that we have both come around to. Yeah, and and. I still prefer the original version over this, which I don't think is out of the ordinary. I feel like a lot of people probably do. And most people, I feel like, prefer the original over the remixed or, you know, reimagined of something. Right. Especially if they have heard it first, which at this point, at this point, this song is so recent that remixing it, I feel like doesn't it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, I mean, I. It's rare that there's a remix. The I like theme of like all the stuff. I don't know. No, there, it's I'm it's very conflicted. to me. It's very rare that I like a remix better than the original. The ones that I like better are the ones that transform the song. Right. Um, Hocus yeah. Pocus. I think that remix is better than the original. The original is still cool. But, you know, when you see them live, they play the remix because it's sort of become the standard version of that song. The remix of chicken hunting again has become the standard version of the song that is a very different version that i am convinced they re-recorded and changed it's just it's sort of a remake of the song a re-envisioning of it this is a handed over the tracks to somebody they remixed it and it's you know like back in the day when you'd buy a cd single and it would have the song and then two or three remixes of the song and you'd be like I don't need any of these. I just wanted the single. You know what I mean? Like, those are all fine. I'm never going to take the time to listen to them. On this one, I'll take the original version. Thanks. I don't need this. But prediction, the first EP had a remix of Ain't No Time, which they released a video for. The second EP has a remix of Queens, which they released a video for. My prediction is the third one is going to have a remix of Clown Drippin', which they released a video for. I think the three remixes are going to be the three singles. That, w- that would make sense. Yeah, I can see that. This remix definitely is not something that changed the song in any way. And, you know, you don't have to re-record or reimagine or be in the studio to reproduce something to change a song and, like, uh, make the vibe of it different. Like you could just get handed the stems of 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 tracks and remix them to to be a different thing, right? Yeah. Uh, this was, I mean, essentially just putting different sounds over the song. 
Well, you know what ICP has done a lot over the years is no, but but they've done this quite a bit. And we've heard some of the alternate versions is they'll record a song and give it to two or three different producers and go, oh, make make the track. We're going to put the one we like best on the album. And then the other ones eventually get dropped. That could be what happened here. I don't know. But I I really do get the feeling that this is a in the traditional sense, a remix, I think. After Queens was released, I get the sense that they gave Mike P the stems and Mike P remixed it. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that's Queens. Yes. That is Pug Ugly. It is Pug Ugly. But before we get to talking about Pug Ugly, we got two other things we need to talk about. What do we need to talk about? Uh, Just a couple gathering sclusies. Oh, Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, like Eric mentioned in the info block of this episode, we have two bonus tracks that we're going to be uh, talking about. And by the way, big shout out to Carnival Spirits for posting these. Hell yeah. Um, absolutely big shout out because uh, that's who we have the YouTube links uh, from. Shout out to so, Beastmaster. Uh, cool guy. Yeah. Big, big shout out to Beastmaster. Uh, I'm I'm a big Beastmaster guy. Hell after yeah. after meeting him and and being able to hang out and talk to him at the the gathering. Agree. There's two that came out. One was for the hunt for the big smoke, and uh, one was the VIP, which was uh the one I think we're going to talk about first. Uh, if that sounds good to you, yeah, I'm down with that. All right, hanging nuts. Now, like you said, this is this is new kids on the block, hanging tough. Yes. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, like I said, both of these tracks are mostly Shaggy. So Shaggy's on the verses. Jay's got the chorus. This song is terrible, and they've got to know that. It feels like they were fucking around in the studio, and they were like, this will be funny. And so they recorded it. I mean, really, to me, the lyrics feel off the top of our heads. Like they just went in and said whatever. My favorite oh, yeah. part of the song are the Snuffleupagus mentions, uh, which they refer to here as Snuffleupagus, which is what I thought his name was when I was a kid. And I know this was definitely Hold on, is it not? No, it's Snuffleupagus. Oh, this is Okay. It's okay, no, you, you tell tell me what it is. Snuffleupagus. At last. Oh, joy, joy. I told you there was a Snuffleupagus and last You've seen him, and you got to believe it, right? I told you all along that there was a Snuffleupagus, my best pal. He's not imaginary, but you never believed me. There's a P in there. There's a P, yeah. I always thought it was this as well. This is new information I'm learning right now. You, you thought it was Snuffleupagus? Absolutely. See, when I when I was really young, that's what I thought it was. But do you remember, do, did you watch Sesame Street growing up? Uh, you know, not a lot, okay. but I did some. I mean, being um, an 80s kid, an early 80s kid uh, on PBS, because we certainly didn't have cable. We had like three channels, four channels. And so I would watch PBS when I was a kid. And there was this ongoing Sesame Street subplot where nobody believed that Mr. Snuffleupagus was real. They thought Big Bird was talking about his imaginary friend, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, Big Bird, I see him. He's right there. But in reality, Mr. Snuffleupagus was a scaredy bitch that would talk to Big Bird, but when somebody else came, he would just run away and disappear before they saw him. So Big Bird looked like crazy person. He just looked like he was insane the whole time. 
That's funny. So people didn't believe he was real. They were like, oh, yeah, Big Bird thinks he's real, but we don't think he's real. Kind of like a Sasquatch or something. Yeah, or a big smoke. Maybe, yeah. Um, This is silly to listen to. It's a funny-ass thing to have done. Uh, It's so weird and out of the blue. And this is a fun-ass CD single to get for a VIP, uh, you know, gift at, at the gathering. Outside that, I mean, maybe it would be fun for them to play it live, but it's certainly not something I'm going to listen to a lot. What are your thoughts? God, you know what? Uh, I'm actually very upset that uh, I didn't get VIP for this. I would, I would love a physical copy of this. <laughs> I knew you would. Because this is so absurd. It's so absurd. And just insane. And what do I think is the funniest things? It's absurd comedy. And this is just the most, I mean, New Kids on the Block, Hanging Tough, has not been in the zeitgeist for fucking, what, 20 years? But New Kids on the Block, Hanging Tough, is funny all on its own. Like, it's laughable. Yeah. Because they're so fucking soft, and this song is about how tough they are. And then Violent J and Shaggy come in. Well, Shaggy, with the help of Violent J on the chorus, comes in and does Hanging Tough, but an entire song about his nuts. Uh, Which is on brand for Shaggy. Which is so on brand for Shaggy. I'm, I'm like legitimately, when I figured out that this was the VIP... I was a little salty that I didn't get the VIP. Yeah. Because I I would love to be able to have this and put it in my car and put this in my CD collection. I think it's really funny. What are it's these so things absurd. selling for on uh, Museum now? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't even looked. Uh, you honestly, wanna, but uh, I might. Do you want to hear my new kids on the block story? Yes. It's short. So when I was in... Just like the new kids on the block. I don't know how tall any of them are, but maybe. I think, I think uh, Marky Mark's pretty short. But that, he was know. never. Anyways, he was know. not in New Kids on the Block. His brother was. Oh fuck! You're right. Yeah. Um, what am I thinking? So, I I was in fifth grade, fourth fifth grade when New Kids on the Block got really big, and even at the time, you know, I, listening to radio music and stuff. I knew that they were corny and there was a lot of people goofing on them and stuff. And so I was sitting in school in class and the girl next to me, like in the desk next to me, had her purse sitting on the ground and there was a new kids on the block pin. And I thought it was going to be really funny to raise my hand and tell the teacher there's something gross on the floor back here. And the teacher goes, well, you know what to do if there's something that needs cleaned up, clean it up. And I was like, it's a new kids on the block pin. And the whole class started laughing, but the teacher was like, that was it. He just turned around and went back to doing what he was doing. That was the end of it. Worth the interruption. Totally worth it. It was funny. It was funny to me at the time, but I also felt like I'm going to get in trouble now. (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's move on to the uh, the final track in our selection for today. This one was the free disc free in quotes that you would get when you did the hunt for big smoke. This one is called hunt for big smoke. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, this one, I'm actually cool with not having 
purchased the Hunt for Big Smoke extra package. <laughs> I think the beat was cool. I think that the verses are pretty dope, but I think that the uh, the chorus is uh, is very uh, weird and lame. I don't know. This song is uh, this is strange. You know, it's talking about big smoke. That's all true. Yes. I, you know, and by the way, I say uh, Jay's going hard. I meant Shaggy's going hard on the verses. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah no, I, I mean, I don't really have a lot on this song. Obviously, it's not a serious song. There's not like big meaning to draw from it. You know, it's a fun release song for a fun event. Yeah. But it's not as funny as Hanging Nuts. <laughs> I this song more. I feel like Hanging Nuts is absurd to a wide audience. This song is more a song for the people who actually fucking do that. Well, it, yeah, this is it's funny in a different way. Right. Right. This one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely a different way. So I believe that this song is a very clear and direct sequel to the song Yukon Moostick, which Correct. we have not reviewed on the show. I know both of us, I think, have listened to it individually. Although I went back and listened just today and I'm like, I don't remember listening to this song at all. Although I know I did. Um, mm. But they Shaggy even calls out Yukon Moostick at the beginning, which is about. Yeah, he does. Uh, some sort of Sasquatch that they searched for before. I don't know. Or something like that. But this is, again, another Shaggy track. Both gathering singles, Shaggy-focused, almost could be considered solo tracks. Although there are lots of ICP songs that are just J, so maybe they're not solo songs. I don't know. Uh, To me, this one feels like they put a lot more time and thought into it. The production feels tighter. Uh, Lyrically and delivery, it's tighter. Everything about it feels like a more complete song. Uh, but that's part of the charm of hanging nuts is that it just feels like two friends having fun and being stupid. Right. So true. There's a few things that stand out to me in this song. Shaggy uses the term Bigfoot as a general term for all creatures, all cryptozoological creatures of this type. He says, I know another Bigfoot. And I kind of always thought Bigfoot was a specific creature's name. Like, it, isn't that kind of like mm. saying, I know another Dracula? You know what I mean? Or I, uh, I know another Kleenex. Sure. Right. There's only one Kleenex. Everybody knows that. Right. Everything else is a tissue. Exactly. But, uh, you know, in the lyrics, just it was it was created as a theme song for their Hunt for Big Smoke event, right? They're going to take a bunch of people, walk through the woods, and claim to look for this creature called Big Smoke, a gray Sasquatch-type creature that allegedly lives in central Ohio, Uh, which I think what could be a better way to find a mystical creature than put a whole bunch of people together uh, and look through the woods outside an extremely loud concert. You know, that's your chance. You're going to find it. But in the song, Shaggy says he's in a town way up north that you can only get to on a horse. Now, I'm pretty sure we drove and parked to get to this event. And everybody else, you know, clearly did the same. Nobody, I didn't see a single horse I at didn't the gathering. See a single fucking horse. No, not not a one. Talking about Big Smoke though, I very much liked that in addition to killing and eating people, Big Smoke is also kind of a little stinker. He does funny things like being real loud and shitting in the swimming hole, like what a what a silly crazy guy. Uh <laughs> As the song progresses, though, Shaggy clarifies that not only are they out to hunt Big Smoke, they're out to hunt every kind of Bigfoot. For instance, 
Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Skunk Ape, Yeti, Yowie, Howler, Howler, Grassman, Howler, Grassman, Howler, Grassman, Yeti, Yowie, all of these, Yeti. some of which I've never heard of, a lot of which I have. I don't know who Grassman is or Yowie, though. Those ones I don't know. I don't know who Skunk Ape is. Skunk Ape, I know, because I used to live in South Florida, is a creature that lives in the Everglades and can smell your blood. And they always used oh. to say, don't go into the Everglades at night if you have or if you're a woman on her period or if you have a woman like they would say if you're camping right. and a woman's on her period, skunk ape can smell it and he'll come and get you. But he, he is like an ape, but he smells like a skunk and he smells blood. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that's a thing. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this whole song is about getting a crew together and hunting this bloodthirsty creature, Big Smoke and anything like him with Uzis and stuff. I think it's fun. I think it's silly. I really like Shaggy's delivery in the song, and I think the beat is cool. To me, this is the better of the two singles overall that was released for The Gathering. This one is, uh, man, I don't know a single one. Like, I've realized I'm now very uneducated about. uh, About cryptids? Bigfoots. Big feet? Yeah. uh, Oh, no, I'm very educated about big feet, big guy. Um, (laughs) You know what they say about big feet. (laughs) Big shoes. Ain't that the truth? I didn't didn't know about skunk ape. I didn't. I mean, I knew about yetis, but I figured yeti was just like the winterized Bigfoot. Yeah, you need you know what you need to do. I believe that uh, in in cryptid lore, um, hairy humanoids is is the 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 standard description for all of these types of creatures but you need to read up on your cryptids isn't there a movie about one that plays basketball named harry harry um, and the hendersons yes yeah yeah i would have loved a harry and the hendersons reference in this fun fact they're uh they're they're back masked but there are harry and the hendersons samples in one of the songs on the fuckface cd <laughs> wait whoa really yes Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Which do you want to reveal on on pod? Sure. Yeah, it's um the the screaming that you hear in "Don't Be Greedy" at the beginning is actually when uh, John Lithgow is yelling at Harry to go back. We don't want you. Oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, you hear that, y'all? We have Bigfoot references. <laughs> in our fucking songs. We do backmast movie references <laughs> yeah this uh <laughs> that's a fucked up scene that traumatized me as a kid by the way oh that is a very sad scene he fucking that punches very, harry yeah no that scene is fucked up yes totally fucked up uh, i want i want to watch with harry and the hendersons again it, it, does this officially count as a official movie party how could it not movie i feel like you're uh, yeah i mean it, it has to right it has to Fuck yeah. Okay, well, those are the two uh, bonus songs. Yes. They will not count towards our overall thoughts or Fago score. Correct. But let's go ahead and get to that now for Pug Ugly. Overall thoughts. This EP obviously has two very separate tones that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not something that's negative. Uh, that's not something that I'm knocking it for at all. I think that uh, it has a very solid tone and direction on Mikey Clark stuff. I feel it like it has a very solid production on eighties rock ballad. Uh, and then, you know, Queens 
the the remix although i'm not a fan of it and i don't i think there's too much going on i think it's too busy objectively is produced well i think this is a good ep i think this is a solid showing i've come around on a lot of the things that i've kind of wasn't a fan of during our first reaction but i also feel like i've solidified a lot of thoughts about it sure that i also had in my in my uh initial reaction um i think that there are probably three standout tracks two for sure standout tracks and then you know multiple ones that are good on the verge of great all in all i uh i have positive thoughts on on uh on pug ugly although it might not be the strongest thing that to to come out of the yum yum era uh i think that it definitely is not a flop in the very least and it feels feels authentically yum yum hmm i i think i disagree ooh okay let me hear your thoughts so i i personally liked wicked vic overall better than pug ugly and I think it's partially because it sounded so much like a natural extension of Yum Yum Bedlam, even if we speculated at the time that it it was probably mostly Yum Yum outtakes. Now, whether that was true or not, Pug Ugly definitely does not sound like that. This sounds almost like, and I don't want to say of a different era. I guess there are still things that feel like this era, but quite different from um, Lure, from Bedlam, and from wicked vic i don't think it sounds similar now maybe it's just that we had a different producer working on most of this stuff which i think is probably part Mm -hmm. of it but i also feel like it's got a little less personality overall than those releases did and i don't have a way to qualify that statement it's just a feeling that i get there's something that it just i hate to use the term generic but it feels a little more and i'm not dissing this ep because i still think it's a decent ep I even think Yum Yum's Lure has more songs that I like or that has a little more unique personality overall. And we weren't a huge Yum Yum Mm. Lure fan, but the more I listen to it, the more there are things that stand out to me. You know, I think there are good things on Pug Ugly, but for me, it's like there are two songs I like, four songs that are fine and a remix that I don't care much for. So, yeah, it's a it's a different thing, but the same thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. You know, I think that Wicked Vic was uh, definitely the EP that I liked more, for sure. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong on that. Um, this probably is what I like maybe the least out of all the Yum Yum era releases, but also I still like it. You know, I think... I think your numbers there, two really good songs, four that are that are okay, and then one that's a remix that I'm not super crazy about. I think that's a good way to split it out. And I think that's probably how I, I would split it out as well. Those four songs that are pretty good, I feel like could be great. And and you're it's probably obvious how we've split this out. I th- I think that well, there's no secret. So our, our favorite personal tracks are eighties rock ballad and abracadabra. Co- uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, okay cool. Absolutely. And those, honestly, just jumping ahead here, let's, we can toss those on the, the fucking playlist. Put, a, put them on the right? playlist. Get them on. Yeah. There. We'll put the, we'll put those on the playlist. You know, I'm afraid, Pug Ugly, I'm Ugly, uh, Scrub Gang, they all could be really good songs with, I guess, some suggestions that I made. In my opinion, obviously, it's, 
Yeah, uh, I'd say I'm Afraid is the next, like, if I was to pick a third one, I would say I'm Afraid is the next one that stands out to me. Uh, The other ones, not as much. So, See, I think I probably would have done I'm Ugly. If if I were to, if I were forced to pick a third, that one still has um, intro vibes to me. But yeah, it you know it does. It has intro vibes, but uh, yeah, I like it pretty well. Okay, so '80s rock ballad and Abracadabra, both very strong songs to put on this playlist. Killer. Uh, this playlist, by the way, now has 134 songs. It's nine hours and 38 minutes. We're gonna get this bitch to 10 hours. It's gonna happen. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. Definitely. I can't wait personally. Yes. Um, Okay. Well, let's Fago score this bitch. Why not? Let's go. Music and beats. There are two different distinct, three different distinct vibes on me as far as music and beats go. Two of which I like a lot. One of which I don't like a lot. That being said, I gave music and beats a three because I really enjoy if there's one thing I feel like out of most everything that i enjoyed it's it's the music and beats okay uh you know what i think even if this is mike clark which we are huge fans of mike clark i except for one or two you know specific tracks i found the music here to be far less compelling and interesting than vic and yum yum i really like the music on vic and yum yum um i i went with a 2.5 i was not blown away by the music here I feel that. I feel that. Uh, lyrics and flows. What'd you have for that one? I went with a three because there are places where, boy, I think they're amazing. 80s rock ballad specifically is one. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that is just okay to me. So I went with a three. What about you? You know, I actually, I had, I had it at a two and a half. I had it at a two and a half. And I was thinking more and more this morning as I was making breakfast and I was doing, you know, my final listens before we started. And I I like 80s rock ballads so much that I feel like a two the, the lyrics in flow specifically on 80s rock ballads so much. I feel like a two and a half would be a disservice to this overall uh piece of work. Because if you take 80s rock ballad out, I feel like they did a two and a half on lyrics and flows. I was pretty critical on a lot of lazy vocal patterns, a lot of lazy lyrics, a lot of lazy theming every once in a while, you know, and here again, and there. Two and a half um, is dead center. That is and two and a half is dead center. If yes. you go lower than two and a half, we're saying it's bad. If we go higher, we're saying it's better than middle of the road. If we're going two and a half, that's this is adequate, but not bad and not good. It's just dead in the middle. And without 80s rock ballad, I feel genuinely like this is a two and a half. But with 80s rock ballad, I bumped it up to a three because I think that that one was uh, was really good. Same page there. Perfect. Relistenability. I'll go and do this one. This thing is is relatively relistenable. I think, you know, I listened to it a lot this morning because I had it on on repeat. And I I, I felt okay relistening to it. There's only a few times where I'm like, oh, okay. I want to skip this. I would like to skip this. If this was a normal listen after I had already reviewed this album, I would have skipped this song. I would have, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. I think that relistenability on this is probably a, a straight up middle of the road uh, to 2.5 for me. Okay. There's a lot of good stuff that I would willingly re-listen to again and will willingly re-listen to it again. But if I want to listen to Queens, I'm listening to the original version. Yeah, I don't like I don't like this remix, and that's fine. 
You know, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna, you know, jump out of my way to listen to scrub gang again. Yeah. You know, like we said, I'm not going to skip. I'm afraid if it's comes on, but I'm, I'm not going to seek it out much. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this 2.5 is pretty fair for it. 2.5 is fair. I'm going to give it a two because that's how many songs from this EP I'm going to put on my yum, yum era playlist. There are going to be two songs from this one that make the playlist. So I'm giving it a two. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, You know, I think just a little side note here. I think that of the yum, yum era, if you ask me what one track would I show an old fan of ICP that fell out? And, and ask me what they're doing and what they're up to these days. I, I think I'd, I'd say, hey, they just released a, an EP. It has this song on it. Listen to it. And it would be Abracadabra. Yeah, I could see that. That's fair. You know, I feel like that's a very fair and balanced song that you that I would feel comfortable showing an old ICP fan um, on to, to say what the new shit is. Maybe not accurately say what the new shit is, because that's kind of like really good of the new shit right but if i wanted him to if i wanted them to get back into icp i would show them abracadabra i think yeah i could see that yeah overall vibe eric you know i think talking about the flow of those first five tracks really telling a story i think they told a consistent story there i think the first five is the ep and then we've got two bonus tracks on there I think the overall vibe of this is solid. My highest score here is overall vibe. Even though I don't love the album and I scored some other things lower, I think the branding and theming of this is solid. I gave it a 3.5. Okay. You know, I'm actually very happy you said that because that's the exact score that I gave it because you're right. The overall vibe on this is is clean and concise, you know, and and even though there's a tonal shift in two songs that don't stick harshly with the theme, I'm glad that they have two songs that don't stick harshly with the theme. You know, yeah. I think that uh, you don't have to have a concept for a character and a, a theme and something that you want to tell. You don't have to have every track relate back to it. And they normally don't either. But I do think that they focused on this theming more than they have on other releases in the past. And because yeah. of that, the overall vibe is so high, high for me. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Uh, well, that what's that uh, bring our uh, overall score out to? Well, our overall average score is 2.875, which, as we know, rounds out to a three Fago score. Fuck yes. Hug ugly. Drink up those three Fagos. Enjoy. I Get think them deep into your dirty little roots. That was our, uh, our, our, when we gave estimates, what would you, what do you think you'd give this? I think we both said three, didn't we? I feel like, yeah, I feel like we did. If, yeah. if, if you had to give it a preliminary Fago score, just, I, I know we're going to give it a proper review. Where are you, where are you leaning after one listen, after a first listen? After my first listen, this is above average. Agreed. It's, it's not a, it's not lower than a two and a half. Yes. Um, that being said, I feel like on my first listen, I, I, the, what I would, my gut feeling is saying three, three fingers. My gut is also three because there's enough on here. Eh, maybe three and a half. I don't know. I could I'm gonna push to, three I'm, I'm going to have to give it more time. Yeah. 
You know, I feel like, yeah, I I think it was three, like two and a half, three range, but I I think three is a fair score. The numbers don't lie. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm not mad about a three at all. There you Um, go. We did it. Well, hey, that's our episode. How amazing is that? We've done it. Not amazing. Pretty standard considering we've done this over a hundred times previously. It's pretty much to be expected. (laughs) I feel like it gets less impressive each time. <laughs> yes. You know, at some point it's just gonna be like, all right, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be impressed if you don't finish an episode at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if at that point you just cut off the episode? <laughs> okay, y'all, we listen, we need, we need to talk about our next episode. Okay. After many delays, Many. We are finally getting back into a little twisted with us flavor. And we are reviewing House of Crazy's 1995 album Outbreed. Finally. I'm so excited to get to some out uh, some House of Crazies again. It's, yes. it's very gonna be very awesome. Fuck yeah. Until then, Eric, where can people uh find our links, connect with us, tell us we suck? Well, you tell know, you. talk about what diarrhea they drank that day. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so you can find diarrhea pics? No, 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 no. None of that. You can send them only to Eric. Please don't do that. (laughs) Actually, if you do send diarrhea pics, please only do that through email. No, no, no. Please only (laughs) only tweet them directly at Aaron. Mm, mm, mm. If you want to talk to us, communicate with us in any way. All the links are on our website. It's icpwwe.com. You can talk to us through email. You can send us messages uh, on social media and follow us. You can buy merch. You can become a patron. You can do all that cool shit from icpwwe.com. Amazing. Speaking of Patreon, we've we've got some shit to talk about when it comes to Patreon. If you're not a member yet... If you're not a patron and you'd like to be one, but you think, God, that's too expensive. We're flattening the Patreon. We're, we're taking it to one tier. It's going to be one simple tier. $3. You support us. You get some cool benefits, simple benefits, but you're supporting us. You get to be part of uh, our exclusive patron community. Easy stuff. Easy stuff, y'all. Easy stuff you want to you want to do it and shout out to our current patrons uh our our top tier patrons who will now uh group in with all patrons uh rob vron Corey, blade thank you for supporting us we appreciate you thank you for being our dear over the shoulder boulder holders and you will remain as such you will as we flatten out the patreon awesome eric thank you so much for hanging out with me today Thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for listening along on your drive or at work or uh, on the toilet or in the shower or wherever. All of those places. Actually, we want to know the uh, most unlikely place you listen to our show. So tell us. Honestly, even if it's a past episode, even if there's just a weird place you listen to a past episode, like if you're like, oh, yeah, no, I listened to y'all. Uh, talk about Willoughby Rags' magical bag of poop while I was in traffic court one day. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, 
Like, let us know. We want to know the strangest place you've ever listened to our episode or the strangest thing you were ever doing while you listened to one of our episodes. That's what we want to know. I almost feel like this needs to be a contest. Uh, No, you just tell us. (laughs) I I, I do want to. I am very curious. Please let us know. We'll share uh, them if, in a future episode, but we won't say we your will name. Share them. We'll, we'll, we'll keep your name out of it. We will share your social security number, though. <laughs> yeah, make sure you include that <laughs> with your yeah, story. Make sure you include that. We will we will block out your name. We won't, you know, we don't want to dox you or anything like that, but we will share your, your social security number. Yeah, we're going um, to. Eric, thank you again. Everybody, thank you again. For Eric, I'm Aaron. Big ol' whoop whoop. We'll see you next week. Return from urine expulsion. <laughs> urine expulsion. Correct. Yeah, sorry. I drank a lot of water at the gym this morning. Yeah, my fuck body that. has been whizzing it out. You've been drinking um, water and diarrhea. Exactly. And munching buns. <laughs> That's how you get to the diarrhea. <laughs>